Well, welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns, and today we're digging into my message from Sunday, which was on Christ the King Sunday. We're going to dig into those things in our life that we try to put in the place of Jesus being our King and why they fall apart, and then also just talking about our preview of the season of Advent, which is coming up very, very soon. So let's get into it. Sounds great. So on Sunday, I mentioned that like the world had changed a, a, a bit since Paul wrote to the Ephesians. And even since 1925, when Pope Pius XI wrote to the church. Um, but there is there there is still a sense where the world is the same. I mean, where where the these issues that, that Paul was addressing and these issues that Pope Pius was addressing are kind of evergreen because we still wrestle with ideas of kingship. We still wrestle with that idea of, of what it means for us to... You know, because for the Ephesians, part of their issue was that they were holding on to their past identity before they met Jesus and really holding on to that as like definitive for for their lives. But once we surrender to Jesus, we surrender all of that. And so wrestling with that idea of what role does our life before we met Jesus really play in our lives? Like Jesus is supposed to be changing everything. Like we, Paul says in other places and to the Ephesians that we become a new creation, in Jesus. And it's not that the past doesn't matter because it's still part of who we are, but yet we have to look at our lives beyond that um, to really to really look at the kingship of Jesus being serious and true in our lives. Yeah, it reminds me of, I mean, just the political season that we're coming into and how there's one, you know, there's one in particular candidate who is a former president, um, you know, has built has built this Make America Great Again mantra that everyone just holds on to like that's the only way things can be and my my argument to that even though i'm as conservative as the rest is the world the united states everyone is ever changing we cannot go we can we should never go back to the way things were before we should always look to be improving now we can build on the principles what they feel like made us so great and in my opinion, that's the principles of Jesus. Right. Well, we shouldn't just, yeah, like like the Ephesians, we shouldn't just dwell on the past and be like, that was their best, greatest time ever. I mean, and, and that doesn't, that goes for anyone. Yeah. You know, you, you've got the stories of people who live out their high school sports dreams through their kids. You know, that was one another thing I thought of because mm-hmm. people who think that their high school years are the greatest years of their life. Yeah holding on to this time of your life and essentially giving up so much more because of it. You should look at all the phases of your life as just another opportunity to grow as a person, to become a better Christian, to be a better parent. You know, you think about all the different things and how you have different roles throughout your life. Don't hold on to your high school years as the best ones. In my opinion, high school, I mean, it was fun, but I would never go back, you know. Hard pass. Oh, hard pass. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and those are some of the things that I thought of uh, just with what the Ephesians were going through. Yeah, definitely. So nice. what is it, what, if you were to pick one thing in your life that um, you tend to put in front of Christ as King, what would that be? Yeah, I mean, um, a previous version of this sermon did include some conversation of, you know, um, 
when I was in seminary, I got really annoyed by my Lutheran friends that would be like, well, yeah, but Luther says dot, dot, dot. And, you know, like no matter what we were talking about, they could always take it back to a Martin Luther quote rather than taking it back to scripture, which is problematic because when we start doing that, Martin Luther is king and Jesus is not. And Martin Luther would revolve in his grave if we were to do if we were to really be serious when it comes to that. But if I'm going to be completely honest, like as a United Methodist and as as a person that's been very deeply formed in the works of John Wesley and by the works of John Wesley, like if I'm being completely honest, I can do the same thing with John Wesley. And like my theological slant is not King, but Jesus is. And if something that, I mean, the thing that I, that, that I wrestle with is that if something bumps up against me theologically, um, if something, if something of Jesus bumps up against me theologically, I really have to, you know, to take a hard look at that. Um, and then also just, you know, as a, as a pastor, when a person is ordained, they are, are ordained to order the life of the church and they are, they are ordained to take that authority. And that's awesome, but also that's not absolute. You know what I'm saying? Like you still have to submit to, you know, not just people above you, like my district superintendent or my bishop, but like to Jesus. Like, I can't just take that authority in my name. I'm taking that authority in the name of Jesus. And like when when something that I if an idea that I have, um, you know, bumps up against something that would that Jesus would, you know, would 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 disapprove of, then we, we have to we have to follow Jesus. I would say that's 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 my that's where I wrestle with the idea of kingship and, you know, who is ultimately in charge. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you, Eric? That's a, that's a hard question. Thanks for asking it. Mm -hmm. For me, it's sports. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I love sports. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one that says my kids need to be in every sport possible, but right. And and do grappling teams forever. Like that's a whole different level, but honestly, I get stressed out when I can't watch the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Like that really is hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. And yep. and I I I don't miss church things to watch the Vikings, but there But you bring it up though. If we have leadership team after worship, I definitely know when the Vikings game is Let's because go. I'm reminded. <laughs> so Let's be honest. Keeping that on task is not a bad thing. Anyway. No, that's <laughs> also very true. So Also very true. I mean, it, it, it's it's all it's it's Jack's football, it's basketball, it's it's the Vikes. Mm-hmm. I you can gain you can gain a lot of valuable things and to to help you become a good person and and have a good life from sports. Sure, but really, those same things um, come or those those things come from scripture, right? The ideas right. of hard work and um, treating everyone fairly and, you know, all of the things, teamwork, all the things you learn in sports, hmm. once again, are a, are a scriptural idea. It's right. just a way. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I also like, like me, I even mentioned it on Sunday, like I like sports, like, you know, yesterday the Bears played the Vikings and. I was I watched the entire second half of that ball game after the soon the second my kids went to sleep I was like all right I can watch the game and not have to play 20 questions I can just watch the game and I loved it and I I do not regret my choices whatsoever I mean I played sports in high school and I played unofficial sports in college um you know and 
it's something that I do. I, 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 I get upset when the Huskers play bad and which is a lot and it's fine. Um, you know, but yeah, my, I get, I, I hear that too. That's, you know, I think that's very apt. So. Yeah. You know, another one, um, uh, earthly success. Mm. Is another one that I struggle with. Um, yep. Maybe not so much the outward appearance of success, but just having success in my job and as a parent, as um, as just a person, mm-hmm. to be successful in what I'm doing. It sometimes gains more of my attention or earns more of my attention than sure. um, my faith does. You know, it's just so easy to put off like reading the Bible and praying and and all that stuff and. And um, I've tried to make it a point, like when I get to the office, I read the Bible first. Wow. And then I get into work. And and there are days that I ever probably once a week, I don't do that. And it just feels different, you know? Sure. Um, yep. But, but yeah, I think, I think just earthly success sometimes gets the way too. Sure. Definitely. Yeah, I can totally say I can, you know, from from a ministry aspect, I completely can hear that too. Like, I mean, I've been the last four weeks, I've been um, doing a little bit, a little bit of coaching over Zoom with a with another pastor, um, and just you know, our entire first session was on like laying our own, like before we even talk about anything else, like we have to make sure that our spirit's right first. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like that we are engaging in the word and sermon prep is not the same as Bible is, is not the same as personal Bible study. Like we still need to be doing something as faith leaders that feed our faith, not studying scripture to turn around and then teach scripture, but studying scripture really to encounter Jesus for ourselves and putting that first and making that a priority. And I'm, I'm the same way as you, Eric, I can super put that off and then justify the fact, well, you know, I read and studied scripture for four hours this morning because I'm a pastor and that's what I was doing for sermon prep this morning. Like, but those aren't the same thing. Like reading scripture, ruminating on scripture, writing notes on scripture, reading commentaries, that's all good stuff. And I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I spent my time doing that, but that, that doesn't feed my soul the same way as just reading scripture to marinate and just be in the word. Those are, those are different conversations. Yeah. Part of this idea of kingship um, is that there are certain ideas and opinions that we have of what is king. Um, and then Jesus completely turns it on its head because Jesus, Jesus is king. And that's true in our lives. And there that's true in the biblical narrative, too, because there are people that that that, that God used for specific purposes that eventually had to fade into the background, you know, like. You're you're reading through numbers right now. And so like Moses is eventually gonna have to is gonna have to eventually blur into the background of that story. He messes, you've you've just read the story where he messes up, where he believes the people over believing God. And like he, you know, God says, All right, cool, you're not gonna see the promised land. And Moses could have been like, Well, okay, cool. I'm not gonna see the promised land, so I'm not gonna do anything else because you know, I feel like I've with outside of this one incident, I've held up my end of the bargain, but Moses has to realize that God is in charge and he's not. And God is still has a purpose for his life, even if it isn't what he thought it was initially going to be. 
And so that's also true in the life of John the Baptist. Um, the the thing one of, one of the things I cut from the sermon was talking about his example of of life and faithfulness. Because like you know, before the annunciation of the birth of Jesus was the annunciation of the birth of John. Like he was special from the very start because you know his father Zechariah is serving in the temple. Gabriel shows up and says, "Hey, your wife's going to have a baby," and Zechariah says, "No, she's not." And he's like, all right, you can't speak for nine months. Bye. And he can't. He cannot speak for nine months. And so Elizabeth is just left to, you know, be his his voice piece for these for these nine months while John is in utero. And then when it comes time for, you know, it be the, one, the, the thing that the angel said before, you know, before he left uh, Zechariah was that his name is going to be John. And in that day and age, you named people after family. You didn't use outside names and John wasn't a name anywhere in their, in their family. And so, you know, Elizabeth said, no, his name is going to be John. And the people are like, no, it's not. That's not any one of your family members' names. What Zechariah does in response to that is writes on a tablet, his name is John, and then he can talk again. And he starts to declare the glory of God. And the people around are like, oh man, your kid is so cool because if God did that just to get him here, what is God going to do with his life? You know? And so, and what, what God did with John's life was prepare the people for Jesus. Like John, you know, baptized an uncountable number of people in the wilderness with a baptism of water for the repentance of sin and to prepare the way for Jesus. But there comes a point in time when his work is done. He's prepared the way. People are starting to get it. People are starting to understand who Jesus is. And he says in John chapter three, Jesus has to become primary. I must become less so that he can become greater. And if we're really serious about Jesus being king, that might happen in our lives and we have to embrace it and embrace what God really does indeed have in store for us. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's not easy. Right. Yeah, it really isn't, you know, like, you know, our dreams and our aspirations sometimes have to take a have to take a back seat to what, you know, what Jesus actually has in store for us, what God actually wants for our lives. You know, that's that's the idea of thy will being done or my will being done. And I know which one I I know which one I want to choose. And I really want to do my will. But God says, no, Jesus is in charge. And that's why we pray. Thy will be done. So. Hold that thought for a month and a half. We'll get there. So, <laughs> saying Advent's in between there. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. And now you know where we're going in January. So, yeah. Oh, double preview. Yep. Look at that. Um, speaking of which, it is Advent season. It is yearly officially upon us. So, what do you have in store for us for for this season? Yeah, so the Advent season is a little bit crazy here just because it's so busy. Um, but the what we're gonna be doing from the pulpit is we're gonna be digging through a series a sermon series um from our general board of discipleship uh called My Soul Waits. And so we're gonna be talking about what exactly we're waiting for when it comes to the birth of Jesus. Um and so this first week is centered around hope, a shocking hope. And so what does it mean for us to be people of hope? And what exactly are we hoping for when it comes to Advent? Because like really, truly, we're looking for the birth of Jesus, but that happened a long, long time ago. And we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And it's very, very important that Jesus was born. 
But what we're really hoping for is the return of Jesus. Advent is this weird, not weird, but Advent is this time where we are, we, we were, we're hoping and thinking about things that are so much bigger. It's so yeah. much bigger than just the baby in the manger. We are looking forward to the eschatological promise. We are looking forward to the fulfillment of God's word in its fullest sense of the return of Jesus Christ. And we are preparing our hearts for that. And so we're going to be digging into scripture from two different places. First from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah's prayer on behalf of the people begging God to come down and like believing in their heart of hearts that God would love to be here. Um, and then just, and then, then, um, and then a portion of Mark's gospel where Jesus talks about what it means to like be calculating. And like, there are people even in Jesus's day and age that would say, okay, this is going to come to an end. And then, you know, the apostle Paul doesn't kind of help that by saying that none of you will die before the the son of man returns. And, you know, um, we're still waiting, (laughs) you know? And so there are people that have taken to the task of, calculating when the return of Jesus is going to be. Um, you know, the funny example of that is that when I was in seminary in the year 2011, uh, our seminary graduation date happened to coincide with one of the predictions of the end of the world or, or the return of Christ. And we all had a great laugh about how we had double booked, um, you know, and worked so hard. These graduating seniors finishing seminary had worked so hard for their MDiv just for Jesus to come back a day later. And there are people that have done that. And Jesus says not to. Like Jesus specifically says that not even he knows the day and the hour. And so our job isn't to try to figure out what's going on especially in the light of there being conflict in Israel. Like I've had so many conversations with people over the last couple of weeks and being like, well, is this a sign of the end times? Well, I, I don't know. It could be, but I don't, it's, it's, it's not that I don't care, but that's not what we're supposed to be focused on. Our job isn't to worry about that. If Jesus would have wanted us to know, we would know. Our job is to be ready. Our job is to be focused on the mission of Jesus, to have this hope that Jesus is coming back and to want other people to believe alongside of us. And so our shocking hope is that we believe against against all, you know, against all odds that Jesus is going to come. We're going to hold on to this hope no matter what, because that's what Jesus has called us to do. We want God to come back. We want, you know, we want God to reign truly, truly, fully reign over the world. Uh, and that's what we're looking forward to and what we're hoping for. But in the meantime, what do we do? We work for the good of the gospel and we hold on to hope. So that'll be what we what we unpack on Sunday. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this series. So, mm-hmm. yep. And even on yep. some of those Sundays that are that have other things happening during worship, we will still have a sermon on the podcast network um, that that connects to this sermon series. Awesome. So. Yeah, if you don't if you don't feel energized after that, I don't know what will. All right, great. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's Cup for Time podcast. Join us again next week in person at church at ten a.m. or online for the podcast next week. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at ten o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. <laughs>